you guys doing tonight? Good? All right. I'm going to move this a little over. All right. Are you ready for this adventure? All right. The brave, the proud. You guys came out tonight for extended worship and a time of word and and a time of some fun. And you see my little props up here. So we'll get there. We'll get to the props. But today, as we celebrate and remember Jesus, right? I want to remind you of what we're called to remember in Christ. Because we say that a lot and so many people come to church and say, remember him, remember. What are we remembering him about, about him? Now, I want to talk to you tonight about this journey. We're all on a journey, right? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. This journey in Christ is such a beautiful one. I know so many people, they look at you when you're serving the Lord and you may be called a name or two or, you know, whatever. You, you, you know, you're a hallelujah person, whatever they say nowadays. I don't even know what they say. I don't even listen to people anymore, right? But I love this life because it's a life of discovery. I, I call it like an expedition of, of an adventure with him. I don't know about you, but I live no dull day with Jesus. Every day is a day where there's something new where he's showing me, where he's opening up my eyes, where, where I'm on this, on, this, on this great journey and, and, and he shows me things or he'll tell me something. And you say, how do you hear God? I hear him very clearly through his word. As I dig in his word and I read the word and I, and, and, and I, I start meditating on his word, it speaks to my heart and I'll see something. And I go, God, you showed me about that or, or you've told me about that. And this is the journey that we're on. And it's an exciting one. Don't let anyone tell you that this journey is the boring one. Don't let anyone discourage you because that's a, that's a lie. So many times we lose sight of what, what this journey is about. And, and I love it because it's one with purpose given from the giver of life himself. So many people are walking out there, walking around on this journey. They don't even know what they're doing with their life, how to do life, right? And yet we have the greater one on the inside. And he tells us and he shows us and he reminds us of this journey. And I want to remind you. And I really feel tonight, so I know, I know that I know that I know in my heart and my spirit what the Holy Spirit showed me there. So maybe there's one or two or three or maybe, or maybe more. You need to hear this tonight. Because you've allowed the, the, the things of life to beat you down. You've allowed the circumstance to tell you how to feel. You've allowed them to, to discourage you. Well, today I'm going to encourage you with God's word. And in the book of John, Jesus had raised Lazarus from the dead. Now, Jesus, you know, he did many miracles, many signs, many wonders. And the word spread out, you know, it spread around about it. Everybody was hearing about it. And then many people, because they heard that he had performed these signs, they went out to meet him. Now, if we look at that for what it says, and you can find this in John. Were they meeting him because they wanted to get to know him or they wanted to know the one that's giving all these things and doing all these things for people? And there were some Greeks there, and they asked, you know, one of the disciples, and they said, hey, can we meet this Jesus? Can we go? I'm just imagining how it would happen. You should read the Bible like that. Imagine, like, put yourself there. I tell the teens that all the time. As I'm reading it, I put myself there. What was happening? What was the times like? So they, they, they asked the disciples, can we meet him? So the disciples ask each other, and then they go to Jesus. And they ask him. They ask Jesus, can they meet you? And this is what Jesus, see, I love Jesus. Don't you love Jesus' answers? He never just says yes, but this is answer that he gives and he, and it's in the reason because there's always a teachable moment. So John 12, 23, I'm sorry, 23 to 26 said, Jesus replied. Now he could have said, yes, they can come, but this is what he says. The hour has come for the son of man to be glorified. 
Very truly, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Anyone who, lo- who loves their life will lose it, while though anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I, and where I am, my servant will also be. My father will honor the one who serves me. Now imagine getting that answer. I can only imagine the disciples looking at you like, what? What is he saying? What is he doing? What, what, what is the answer? Can they come? Can they come? Can't they come? And in that, if we don't stop and read this and take a moment, we can miss certain things that Jesus was really saying. He wasn't saying no, but this is what he was saying. He was, he was number one, predicting that his death, his time has come. He was predicting his death. He was telling them, listen, I'm going to go. I'm, I'm, I'm going to leave you. And he was pointing them to the fact that he had to die. It was part of his journey. I know that many people look at death as something final. Like death is it. Like that's done. Like that, you know, you, we, we, we mourn and, and there's nothing wrong with mourning. And, and you know, you're going to miss the person here. But let me tell you, in Christ, death is not final. It's part of the journey that we're on. I know that I've been sharing guy, with you guys stories about my abuela. You remember my abuela? 91-year-old lady that comes right oh, she's gonna be 92 in february well she's been uh, she's been talking a lot lately about meeting papa dios today she yesterday she had another encounter with papa dios and she told my mom well let me tell you she was at the doctor's office and she tells my my mom she says okay sonia um don't cry for me too much and i'm like she, my mom's like what did you say she goes no don't cry to me i know you're gonna cry but don't worry because i already know he told me we're gonna i'm gonna see you again and I'm like, okay, this, you know, so my mom is telling me the story today. And I said, mom, isn't it beautiful that God is showing her and giving peace to her. And in the meantime, he's giving peace to us and preparing us for what she, where she's going. Cause this death is not final. And that's what Jesus was saying. See, see, I'm going to go. And this is what he's saying. Very truly, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it only remains one single seed. But this is the reason why he had to die, because in order for it, when it died, it produces what? Two, three seeds? Many seeds, okay? He told them that because when he would die, many would come through him. Aren't we testimonies tonight of coming through Christ, right? He told them how to live their life. Here, verse 25. Anyone who loves their life will lose it. (laughs) While anyone who hates their life in this world... Now, he's not saying hate your life in your life, in, in him. He's saying if you hate this, like, this world, you're, not part of, you're in this world, but you're not part of this world, right? Then you will keep it for eternal life. He teaches us how to live this life. And we taught you all about that in the summer and through, um, beyond through the kingdom. He told them how to serve. How do we serve? He says right there, whoever, whoever serves me. This is why I teach when, I, when, when people are serving here. It's why we give opportunities for people to serve. When you're serving, you're not serving me. You're not serving Pastor Jose. You're serving him. It's to the audience of one. And so don't ever feel like, you know, you have to perform for us. You're not performing for me because at the end of the day, when you serve him, you've served others. So whoever serves me must follow me. Let's follow what he has done. Not what man says, right? And his example, his way, his heart, his plan, his compassion for people is how we serve. So here he is. He breaks this down for them. 
And, and, what, and this is what he's telling them. Listen, it's just not enough to just know about me, but it's a, you need to know me. So many people right now know about him. Maybe you've been in a church that taught you about him, but you don't know him. He wants you to know him on this journey. Because once you know him, you discover your life. And once you discover your life, you're able to follow him with ease. So many people say, this is so hard. It's only hard when you're in your flesh. It's only hard when you're not following after what he did. See, it may seem, listen, and, and let me tell you, the journey sometimes is, is a, it's not an easy one. It's not for the squeamish, I can tell you that much. It's not for those that can't get their hands dirty. It's not for those that, can't, that, 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 that do not have a heart of compassion because everything that I saw and everything that I see that Jesus has done has always been out of a heart of love. Everything he taught, his example, everything he said. So he tells us, follow me. Follow me. And you could say, well, follow him where? To do what? Right? I'm so glad you asked that. You guys are so good. The Bible talks about our role in this journey. I even dare to call it his journey. We have a role in his journey. Isn't that awesome that he would include us? And some of you in this room, you've counted yourself out. You've told, nah, I'm not, you know, I'm not good enough. No, no, that, that, that's a lie. Because you are one of the many seeds he spoke about. See, in order for him, for us to be sprouted up and be and these seeds that, that were going to be used for the kingdom, he had to die. And as believers, we are equipped to do what he's called us to do. Don't let anyone tell you you're not equipped because you are. I don't care where you came from, what you've done, what you haven't done, you are equipped for this journey. And Ephesians 6, in case you want to read it later, talks about that. But I'm going to break a little, a little bit of it down, and then we're going to get into a specific um, scripture. So Ephesians 6 talks about the armor. A lot of you have heard about the armor of God, right? The armor. It talks about being strong in the Lord. It doesn't, be, it doesn't talk about being strong in yourself. Be strong in the Lord, putting on the full armor so that we can stand firm against the schemes of all the people that are coming against us. That's what it says? No. The schemes of the what? Of the enemy. There's only one enemy you have. Well, somebody needs to hear that again. There's only one enemy you have. You look at your fellow man as your enemy. They are not your enemy. They may be used by the enemy, but they are not your enemy. The Bible tells me that I have one enemy. He's the author of confusion. He's a liar. He's a deceiver. And he's the one that uses people that don't know any better or whatever the case may be. And they may come against you. So remember that. Because your fight is not against flesh and blood. But against principalities and powers and rulers in this dark age trying to come to destroy what God wants to build. Okay? Some of you will get that later on. The belt of truth, it talks about the belt of truth buckled around your waist. This is why we need the word. It is truth. You can't make it without the word. The breastplate of righteousness in place. I, I think about the breastplate of righteousness. It protects my heart. It protects me. It, it co continually points me. When the fiery darts come, it blocks them. It, it, it cancels them. It, 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 it makes them null and void. Why? Because he keeps pointing me to my righteousness. My righteousness in him. The shield of faith, here we go, which, um, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Come on. The helmet of salvation. I, I like, I look, when every time I think about the helmet, I think I have the mind of Christ. 
I have the mind of Christ. When my mind wants to go there, it wants to take me off the journey, the path, I have the mind of Christ. And the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So he talks about all this armor. And then Ephesians 6.15 is the one that I really want to hone in on today. And he says, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. The NLT says it like this, for shoes, because he talked about the helmet. The, he says, for shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. Mm-mm-mm. For shoes, put on the peace that comes. Why was it important to include the feet and the shoes in this armor? Well, when we think of feet, when we think of shoes, right, we think of both the defensive and the offensive, within the armor defensive because at times you're going to have to stand your ground. Okay. Jesus is calling. You're going to have to stand your ground. Things are coming against you, right? The world's coming against you. He says, my feet have to be fitted with peace. Peace that surpasses all understanding. I don't understand this. I don't understand why, but I'm I'm on the defense. I'm not moving. I'm not going to be shaken in this journey. I'm standing firm. And the offensive, because you're supposed to be ready at all times, he said. At all times, be ready. Ready for what? To move forward, to share your faith, to be a billboard for God, to share what he has done for you, to be on the offensive and, and not offend anybody. I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about going forth. See, when we purchase shoes in the natural, we, we, we tend to, I hope we tend to consider the season, the time of year, right? Okay, the occasion, right? I mean, I hope you wouldn't buy flip-flops in the winter when it's zero degrees outside. <laughs> yeah, some of you will. Robert wearing slides to church. <laughs> I told you guys to put on your favorite shoes, and Robert, I'm going to pick on you. He wore his slides, so that was good. Or you wouldn't wear work boots with steel toe reinforcements to go swimming. I hope not. Maybe some of you would. And when you think of it that way, you quickly realize just how important the right shoes are for the journey. See, we all need good fitting shoes. Now hear this. Because an improperly fit shoe causes us to walk the wrong way. You don't have the right shoe on for that right occasion and the right season. It causes you to walk the wrong way. Look, I thought about the ladies. You know how we like to look cute sometimes, right, ladies? And, you know, we buy that shoe that we know when we try it on. It's going to hurt my feet after 2.5 seconds. But I'm going to buy them anyway because they look so cute. Right, right. Come on, ladies. I can't speak to the men. And we'll buy them and we'll put them on and we'll stand at the place where we're, and we're like, I can't move, but I have my shoes. <laughs> right? I look cute. And you know, you got your little slippers in the bag <laughs> to change your shoes. Right? An improperly fit shoe, or you know, that shoe that you make that toe go in. <laughs> and then you're walking like, hi. Right? You know? <laughs> only the ladies see the ladies could get me because they understand that when you take those bad boys off <laughs> Jesus you pray in tongues you're like Jesus heal me now heal me right 
And they ain't going back on. You can, matter of fact, for a couple of days, you can't wear any other shoes. <laughs> Let me ask you this. What shoes do you have on today for your journey? What shoes do you have on? So I bought a couple of shoes. So my, I told you guys, anybody bought slippers on today? Nobody bought the shoes? Well, I'll, I'll consider Robert's slippers. <laughs> right. So there's nothing like coming home. I got these nice little fuzzy slippers. Cute, right? Aww. And, you know, coming home and I don't know about you. I like to come home. And once I come home, my shoes come off. Right? I just go home and I'm like taking off my shoes. Like, oh, I'm going to put half of these on. Right? So I just take off my shoes. And it's nothing like just getting. And just slipping on your slippers. Oh, my God, that feels good after a whole day working, right? You know, your feet is, I'm in church, that's okay. <laughs> your feet are sweating up in there, like you take off your socks and you're walking around the house. And, and when we think of slippers, what do we think of? Comfort, right? We think of rest. Anybody think of rest? Soothing, Right? Just thinking of walking around, and I know for me, I don't like walking barefooted. I don't like a, I don't like a cold floor. It bothers my feet. So I like I like wearing this, and, and, and we put on our slippers, and, and and we're comfortable. How many of you know? And there's nothing wrong with it because listen, rest is needed. Some of you in this room, you need rest. <laughs> for real, I include myself in that. I need rest, right? And it's needed. And rest also speaks about trusting in God, trusting in Him getting comfortable in him. But how many of you know that there's a comfortable place that's not good? It's a place of routine. It's a place of being stagnant. It's a place of complacency and it limits God. And before you know it, you have your shoes and you're like, I'm so comfortable. I'm saved. Hallelujah. I gave my heart to God. You know, I do my due diligence. I go to church you know, at least once or twice a Sunday, whatever. And, I, and, I, and I'm comfortable. And before you know it, now from just the shoes, now, now you got the robe. Because you're getting comfortable now in this place. Oh, yeah. Feel, feel that. Feel that, girl. Feel that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? Are you comfortable? Now you stop coming to church because you're comfortable. Now you stop gathering with the people. You stop reading the word because I'm, I'm comfortable because I'm okay because I got Jesus in my heart. See, but that place is a dangerous place. Before you know it, you're so comfortable, you're asleep. Things are happening. You're asleep. And then you're wondering why they're happening. Because you're in a comfortable place. Today I'm here to tell you. Well, there's one more thing I wrote down. I said your faith's not activated. Because you're not activating it. I'm here to tell you today that it's great to be comfortable in Christ. And it's great to be comfortable. But today we've got to take the comfort limits off. Because when you're limiting, when, you, when you're in that comfort place, you limit God and what he wants to do through you. You see, you're part of that many seeds. Remember that. You're part of that. And God wants to use you greatly. But how can he use you if you're just comfortable? And if we're not comfortable, I take off those. Right? 
we got our kicks, our sneakers. Come on, the Nike Cortez. Remember these? Hallelujah. I found these at DSW. I bought them right away. I don't even think I could put them on. I even got them that you can't even, like, put them on unless you untie them. But let's see. All right. So you put your sneakers on. Well, let's put well. cute. I think I got a sock in it. <laughs> and you put your sneakers on, right? And now you're running. <laughs> you're doing, right? So, and now <laughs> you're busy, busy, busy running. And some people think that they're running for God, but they're really running from God. Because I'm running, because I'm busy. I, I, I'll be in church maybe next week because I, I, got, I got things to do for God. Or I got things to do for my family. Or I got things. And now, now, now if, if the sneaker's not enough, now you're putting on the Nike jacket, right? You know this is not mine, right? This one's huge, right? Now you're running. And you're doing. And you're going. And then somebody calls you. Hey, hey sister, how you doing? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm running. I'm doing God's work. He never called you to do all that. This is what he said in Luke 10. He spoke about Mary and Martha and Martha was so busy that she was mad at Jesus because her sister wasn't helping her. He said, Jesus, don't you care? He was Martha, Martha. She Mary, she chose the better thing and I'm not going to take that away from her. See, she chose to be still. She chose to know that I am God. She chose to sit before my feet and listen to what I had to say. Because in that, you get the wisdom and the peace that you need for this journey. See, God wants us to come to him and be still. Now, there's time to be active. But there's also time to stay still. This is what Matthew 7, 27 says. Therefore, every, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice. Come on, if you hear it, we have to do something with it, right? He says, put it into practice. It's like a wise man who built his house on a rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice, it is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and when the winds blew and beat against that house, it fell with a great crash. There's a time to be active, but there's also a time to be still and get your orders from headquarters. Come on. Sometimes I do, sometimes I sit still. Sometimes I don't even do anything. I'm like, okay, God, where do I get, what, what do you want me to do? When was the last time you asked him, do you really want me to go there, Lord? Do you really want me to do that? Come on, the, Psalm 37, the first part of it, 7a says, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Be still. And then sometimes we're not still because, you know, whatever we do. If that's not enough, wow, I'm, gonna, I'm doing a whole wardrobe change here. Now, these I'm not going to put on, but you get the idea. Got my Tims. Anybody got Tims? Only three people? Four? Okay, hello. Do you remember these back in the... I've had this probably since like... Nine, I don't even know, since we moved up here. 
these are like 2000 and something. They still, I keep my Tims in good condition, right? <laughs> I've worn them a couple of times. So my construction, my work boots. And when you think about a construction boot or a work boot, what, do you, what comes to mind for you? Anybody? Work, protection, anybody else? Feet are warm. Yeah, these are, keep you warm. Durability, right? Construction, even though we, back in the day, we weren't wearing these for construction, we worked for style, <laughs> right? Demolition. I think of hard places. Sometimes we wear our construction boots and we wear boots. And, and I looked this up. I said, I said where, where, where did construction boots and all this stuff came from? And I started doing some research. Just a, I took a little blurb. It said, boots are warm for their functionality and also for protecting the foot from the elements and the environment. There, are, there may be seasons in your life where you need to put on the construction boot. Life just got hard. The journey got hard. Maybe you got a bad report. Maybe the finances are not where they should be. Maybe the children, maybe your marriage is in trouble. Maybe, you know, there's trouble somehow has come your way. And then, so you, you wear the boots through that time and the boots help to protect you, to help you stand your ground. Because the Bible says this, John 16, 33, here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. So let's not think that it's going to be all, you know, roses and peaches and cream and it's going to be easy. No, there's going to be trials. There's going to be things that come your way. And there are going to be times where you're going to need to put on the boots and stand your ground and walk, right? But don't let your heart stay there. That's the dangerous part. Don't let the trials and sorrows of this world overtake you. Because if you stay in that hard place, wearing those boots for way too long, you're going to find yourself with a hardened heart. And this is what happens. Now, not only have you, you have the boots. For my hat. Put on my construction stuff. Pretend this is Put on my stuff, right? And then I put on my bag. And I'm ready to take this on. And my heart is so hardened now. And it's so distant from everybody else. That instead of it being a, a, ba- a, a banner or a badge of honor, it says caution. And it keeps people away from me rather than coming to me. It keeps, it keeps people wanting to um, stay away. And this is what happens if you keep your hard heart for a very long time. I know hard places happen. I know those things happen in our lives, but do not let them overtake you. God can work those things out if you allow him. Because we get to a point where we go like this. I don't need you, God. I got this. And on this journey, sometimes we got to just take off the hard boots. Take off what we think work it out and just say, God, I don't know, but I know, you know, and allow your heart to be softened by him. Where are you in this journey? Have you allowed your heart to get hard? Have you become too comfortable? I don't have a slide or nothing, but are you flipping and flopping? 
Are you wearing those flip-flops in a season and you're, you're, you're wavering and you're saying, but I don't know, God. When God already had to, gave you the answer, you just don't want to do it. Where are you on the journey? See, I know for me, this is where I want to be on the journey. I have these shoes that I bought a very long time ago. And I don't know, I never knew that these shoes were going to minister to my life so much. And that I would use them. It's not my first time kind of using these shoes in a sermon. But I made a commitment to God when I was a young teenager. And I said, God, I want to be used by you greatly. And I want to touch many lives, Father. Why you, this is why you always hear me say this, for your glory and for your honor. And no matter where I go on this journey, Father, I know you're going to be with me. And I know sometimes things are going to be hard. And I may get comfortable sometimes. And I may not feel like I want to do it. Or I may run away from you thinking that I'm running for you. But one thing, Lord, always keep me reminded of your love. And as you remind me of your love, Father... These are the shoes that I always want to wear. My red hot shoes. Now they're scuffed up on the side. I bought these shoes one time and I was like shocked because I was like red shoes. And I used to always just wear black shoes and just neutral colors. But there's something about when I put on these shoes. That give me a confidence. They help me feel beautiful. There's a grace. There's an elegance. When I put on these shoes, it's like I'm ready to take on the world. I'm a child of the most high God. Watch me roar. See, that's what the gospel of peace message is that Jesus gave to those who trust in him. See, that gospel peace message comes with the assurance from God that we are his children and that nothing can snatch us out of his hands. (laughs) It reminds me you're more than a conqueror, that he's for you and not against you. It reminds me that he called me and he, he formed me in my mother's womb. That he saved me and rescued me. That he had a plan and a purpose for my life. <laughs> and that he equipped me to be ready to proclaim the gospel of peace to all those around. Will you wear your red hot fiery shoes for Jesus? On this journey. Second Timothy 1.6 says this. This is why I remind you. To flan, fan into flames. The spiritual gift God gave you. When I laid my hands on you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. And of timidity. But of power and of love. And of self-discipline. A sound mind. You can share your life. Your story. Your love with others. We have to. Don't let your flame burn out because of hard times, because of things happening. Let that flame, let that fire that God started in you, let it be a roaring fire in you. Because there are many more seeds out there that need to be sprouted. 
This is why the Bible speaks about the beauty of one carrying the gospel to those who do not have it. And he uses feet as an illustration. Romans 10, 13 through 15 says this. Let this, let this minister to you tonight. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring good news. put on these shoes and I don't have the right socks but it's okay I'm your messenger the message that I bring is a beautiful one it's one of hope it's one of love it's one of truth and when I walk to bring this message I walk in confidence Knowing that I'm bringing a message to a people that he has called his seed. Will you allow the love of God? Will you allow the red hot fire that you first started? See, some of you forgotten your first love. Because you've replaced it with other things. See, and it's time to get rid of people, places, and things that take you away from your red-hot love for God. There's nothing that can fill my life like Jesus. There's nothing that can stir my heart like him. There's nothing that can move me to do what he's called me to do than him. And when you know what he's taken you from and what he's done and where he's brought you to, how can you not be red hot on fire love for him? But we become too comfortable in, in even this. The Lord is just speaking to, my, to me right now. Some of you become too comfortable in the diagnosis of what the doctor has said. He says, don't become comfortable in that diagnosis because it's not my diagnosis. Don't be comfortable in that lifestyle because that's not the lifestyle I called you to. Let me change you. Let me love you. Let me give you peace that surpasses all understanding. No, I, I didn't do that situation. No, I didn't cause that. No, let, let, me, let me help you. Trust me with your children. Trust me with your husband. Stop trying to make it work. You're putting on the gloves. You're taking it on and you say, God, I give it to you. Then you take it back up. But God, you're not working fast enough. It's basically what you're telling him. I've been there, done that. Did we not read that? Wait patiently for him. Let him sort it out. Let him work it out. 
All you need to do is put on those shoes. (laughs) Stand in your peace. Know that he's with you. Remember what he's done for you. Remember that you're on a journey with him. (laughs) He's hand in hand with you. And that those times when you felt alone is when he's carried you. And when you thought no one saw, he saw. I remember one time. I was a young adult. And I said a prayer to God. And I said, Lord, remember me. That was my prayer. And I went to a, I went to a conference, Pastor Jose. And, and I went and I sat there and people were praying. And this man came up to me. He said these words. He says, God told me to tell you, he remembers you. There's no way that man was in my bedroom in New York. And that happened in Jersey. He knew where I was at. He knew what I needed. He knew what I meant by that. God remembered me. So I share that with you today. Remember him. Because he remembers you. You're not alone on this journey. Even when it gets tough. Even when it gets hard. Even when it doesn't look like it's going to happen. He always comes through. Always comes through. So tonight. As we take the communion. A few more minutes. This is something that as you're taking it tonight, no matter where you are on this journey, know that he always had you in mind when he laid down his life for you. That he knew in this world we would have trouble. He knew in this world we would go through things. He knew that we wouldn't understand sometimes. And he still, he laid his life down that you may have hope in him. So as you hold that bread in your hand today. The Bible says in Matthew 26, it says, as they were eating, Jesus took some bread and he blessed it. He broke it. He gave it to his disciples saying, take this and eat it. This is my body. This is my body for you. This is my body broken that you may be healed. As we take communion today, remember him, remember his benefits, remember what he called you to, remember what he's done for you, remember that you are the healed of the Lord, that nothing's too hard for him, no sickness or disease because every name is under the name of Jesus. So today, Father. We thank you for your broken body. 
for our healing. That by your stripes, the lashes on your back, we were completely healed. And that we take healing upon ourselves today, Father, in the eating of your bread. And that that we remember all your benefits. Eat and partake of the body. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for healing in my body. Thank you for healing. Thank you for healing my body, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that my mind is sound, Lord. Thank you that my heart is strong, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you for healing our bodies, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for healing us. Thank you for healing our family members, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Then he gave us the cup. It represents his blood. He took the cup of wine and gave thanks. <laughs> he gave it to them and said, each of you drink from it. But this is my blood. It confirms the covenant between God and his people. We have a covenant with him. So many people break promises so easy these days. But not God. He's prayed a promise and it's yay and amen, it's done. We have a covenant with him. His blood washes the slate clean. (laughs) That we are new creations in him. That we're no longer alone. That we've been adopted into his family. Now we have more family. (laughs) Our brothers and sisters in Christ. That we can lean on. That we can go to. That we can build one another and encourage one another. You're not alone on this journey. And you're not without forgiveness. So forgive yourself today. Let go and let the Lord heal your heart. For yesterday is gone. Today is a new day. And tomorrow will be another new one. So we thank you for your covenant made in your blood. For the forgiveness of our sins. For your blood washes us clean and you made us whole and in right standing with you. We don't have to be ashamed. We don't have to look down. We can hold our head up high with you, Lord. Because we are loved by you. So we thank you, Lord, that you washed us late clean. That you've given us a new life. And that we're in covenant with you. Drink the cup.
Let's just stand to our feet. Praise you, Jesus. Just take one more moment right there. Just don't let this moment, just close your eyes. If you see me with my eyes closed up here, it's just because I just want to be in tune with what he's telling me in my heart. Just be in tune for one more second. Don't leave. Remember, you're not alone in this journey. Rest in him, but don't get too comfortable. Be active. Put your hands to something, but don't run away from him. When trials come and tribulations, stand your ground. But don't let those trials and tribulations harden you to the point where you walk away from him. And always, every day, fan the flame. Encourage yourself through the word. Remember who you are. Remember whose you are. <laughs> and if you just need some bogley, I'm putting on my red shoes. I'm walking out this door. Lord, I'm going to conquer this, Father. I'm going to go through this, Father. I'm going to make it. For I'm more than a conqueror in you, Jesus. I'm going to reach others, Father. I'm going to tell them of your goodness. My life is going to be a billboard for you. It's been my prayer all my life since I've known the Lord. Use my life, Lord. Use me greatly. Let them see, Lord, that you've taken a girl. Born probably what people think in the wrong side. <laughs> but there's nothing wrong about me. Is everything right because of you, Jesus? I thank you, Lord. Let this word just settle in our hearts. Let it produce good fruit in our lives, Father. Let it build us up and encourage us to get moving, get going with you. To trust you in the good times and the hard times. To rejoice in you no matter what the times are. To believe in you. And to one of the most, the biggest things, Lord, is that we see your heart towards us. Thank you, Lord, that as everyone goes home tonight, that their sleep will be sweet, Father. That they will rest tonight in you. That this will resound in their spirit and their soul. That they will soar like wings of eagles, Father. And that they would be encouraged to do what you've called them to do. Follow after you.